save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to learn how to be an entrepreneur? You are dedicated and devoted to a life of developing new ideas and innovations. Willing to take calculated career risks, achieving independent wealth and success. Then you are ready to experience the entrepreneur effect. We'll highlight opportunities for entrepreneurs in digital marketing through interesting, practical, and thought-provoking interviews and monologues. Increase your income and be your own boss by listening to The Entrepreneur Effect. Please welcome your host, a 25-year veteran in sales, management, and business development, Dush Ramachandran. Hi, and welcome to Entrepreneur Effect. This is Dush Ramachandran. And my guest today is Phil Harvey, who is the founder and principal of the DKT Liberty Project, and also the author of the new book, Welfare for the Rich. This is going to be a really interesting conversation because, as we've seen, as we're coming out of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, uh, the government has thrown about $2 trillion into stimulating the economy starting with stimulus checks for uh, everyone and then the Paycheck Protection Program and all kinds of things. Uh, primarily, all of these efforts primarily intended at getting people back to work and uh, helping small businesses with the challenge of the shutdown that's, that's been forced on them. But what's also very interesting is that large companies like the airlines and so on have been getting enormous uh, amounts of money. And uh, that's one of the things that uh, Phil is uh, specifically here to chat about. And I thought it would be a really interesting conversation. So welcome, Phil. It's a delight to have you. Well, my pleasure. Pleasure to join you. Wonderful. So, you know, let's dive right in. Uh, Welfare for the rich, uh, which seems kind of an oxymoron. The the rich don't need welfare, uh, but we are, I mean, we as in the taxpayers are indeed bailing out large companies and providing uh, massive payments to the rich people. So give us sort of a, a quick thumbnail sketch of, of the book and your fundamental premise in the book. Well, I'm happy to do that. And it is related to some of the government programs and changes that are taking place that's part of the COVID-19 uh, scenario right now. The, the book's purpose is to detail for our readers 
of the extent to which taxpayer money, that is the taxes paid by you and by me and by millions of other uh, middle-class tax-paying citizens, uh, gets uh, bundled up in various ways and transferred to wealthy individuals and wealthy uh, corporations who do not deserve uh, and should not uh, receive uh, subsidies, payments, special breaks, and so on uh, from the government. Uh, one of our basic uh, philosophies in the book uh, is that while the government on both sides of the aisle in Congress, for example, uh, wants to do something uh, uh, about inequality, the inequality of income and inequality of wealth among American citizens, which indeed uh, is a serious problem. Our, our point is that if the government would simply stop making it worse, uh, it would cost nothing, uh, certainly nothing like the two to three trillion dollars that's being going, that, that's going into uh, priming the pump um, to get started after COVID. Um, but uh, on the contrary, if the government stopped giving money to wealthy farmers who never farm, for example, and there are quite a few of those, uh, or uh, taking steps uh, to make uh, sugar cost twice as much in the United States as it does anywhere else in the world uh, to benefit uh, a handful of sugar barons in Florida, uh, the government could be doing something about inequality without not only without spending any money, but uh, by, in, in fact, uh, saving a little money, which seems to us uh, an idea that ought to appeal to people on both sides of the aisle. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that, that, does, that does seem to make sense. So let's, uh, let's start to tease apart these issues. And I imagine uh, they're not simple, um, and it's not just you know, pork barrel spending, um, I bet there is, there's a more nuanced and somewhat more complex reason why these things happen. Um, so speaking specifically of uh, subsidies to farmers, for example, uh, do you think that's happening as compensation for their losses as a result of the tariffs? Or is that for some completely different reason? Well, there, there are several tranches uh, in the past few years of welfare for farmers. Um, farming under the regular farm bill that is renewed every year by Congress uh, uh, allocates something like $97 billion, a hefty chunk of change uh, that uh, is available to subsidize farmers uh, in ordinary times. Uh, on top of that, a good many billion dollars, billions of dollars was provided under the Trump administration to compensate farmers' losses as a result of his insane uh, tariffs on, uh, on uh, various goods from around the world, particularly China. And now there's another several hundred billion dollar proposition uh, to provide uh, additional subsidies and payments. These are direct payments. Uh, if they were going to small farmers who need the help, uh, we would understand that. 
but a great deal, in fact, most of the money that goes to quote unquote farmers uh, is going to people who are either associated with very large farms, uh, who are in partnerships, who are in corporations like Archer Daniels Midland, for example, uh, and, and not going uh, to small farmers who really need the help. That's why it is, it is such a travesty. Um, a woman named Penny Pritzker, for example, who was a billionaire, um, received a, a million and a half dollars in farming uh, subsidy payments over a decade, recent decade period. Um, and she doesn't live on a farm. She doesn't work on a farm. These aren't people who have dirt under their fingernails. They just happen to own uh, property that is being farmed. Uh, or in the case, of my, my favorite example of this is the Walt Disney Corporation, which gets all kinds of subsidies from a state, the state of Florida and California and, and the cities where they're located, uh, managed to put a few cows on property that they own in, in mid-Florida. They could then claim that uh, they were in the farming business and start collecting some of these subsidies. That's absurd. And uh, exactly the kind of thing um, that um, uh, represents what you might call uh, completely unjustified welfare for the wealthy. And uh, we think it should stop. Sure. How about, how about industrial corporations? Many of our listeners are um, business owners, entrepreneurs who are in the, you know, small businesses, uh, businesses ranging from you know half a million dollars to ten million dollars, fifteen million dollars at the top end, um, and these are you know employing anywhere from one person solo entrepreneurship, you know solopreneur type uh, businesses to people employing you know fifty, sixty, a hundred people at the very most. So the perfect definition of small businesses. How um, how are these policies? affecting the core of our listeners. I mean, the small business people. Is this, by that I mean, is this a zero-sum game where the money that's going to, going as welfare for the rich, is that being denied to support uh, small business uh, owners? Um, and so this is this is sort of the question that we need to wrestle with because, for our listeners, the question always comes down to, yeah, that's that's interesting, but how does it affect me? So why don't we pick this up? We have a we have a quick break to take. Please don't go away. Uh, we'll be right back. And let's pick up this conversation right after this. Um, so stick around. We'll be back uh, with our conversation with Phil Harvey. Stay tuned for more of The Entrepreneur Effect when we return. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one -on -one training. 
a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website, an ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. You are experiencing the entrepreneur effect only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Dush Ramachandran. Welcome back. This is Dush Ramachandran with Entrepreneur Effect. My guest today is Phil Harvey, who is the author of the new book, Welfare for the Rich, uh, which is coming out August 5th. He's also a founder and principal at the DKT Liberty Project. So, Phil, before the break, we were talking about, um, you know, the ways in which the government is subsidizing farmers and so on, which is which is certainly very interesting um, and concerning. But uh, as far as industrial corporations go and uh, as, as businesses go, is this a zero-sum game? Uh, is the money that's going to farmers and propping up uh, large businesses, is that in some way happening at the expense of small business owners? Uh, to, to a considerable extent, uh, it is. There's a very good current example with the PPP, the, uh, the program uh, designed by Congress, intended specifically uh, to help small businesses stay in business and maintain sure. their employees, as I'm sure your listeners are aware. Absolutely. Um, uh, during the COVID crisis and shortly thereafter. Uh, Indeed, some of that money has gotten to small businesses where it belongs, but a great deal of it uh, has gone to some of the exceptional uh, uh, businesses. Uh, hotels, for example, and restaurant chains uh, were exempted from the 50, I'm sorry, the 500 employee limit. And one restaurant chain, for example, with 10,000 employees got several million dollars under the PPP program. And that is a limited fund. That means that the, the millions of dollars that went to um, restaurants and hotel chains uh, for whom it was not intended uh, is, is limiting what can be given to truly small businesses. Sure. This is fairly typical. Uh, the big boys end up with the lion's share of the subsidies. Whenever government is passing out money, uh, it tends to favor the large over the small. And uh, that's clearly true in the case of, of farming. Uh, it's, it's also true with subsidizing 
businesses like Elon Musk's. I mean, the, the, the states kind of line up to give money to Musk, uh, whether it's for solar panels or Tesla uh, uh, or his other enterprises. He's so good at raising uh, subsidy money from states that they go to him now offering their states for, uh, um, you know, providing uh, various um, uh, incentives for him to do business there. Um, and uh, this is not what you would call a, a, a worthy welfare case. That's Mr. Musk is, uh, is not short on change these days. No, no he's, he's um, not a welfare case, that's for sure. Um, the same is true of um, the, the major industrial corporations. The big boys are the ones who lobby. And small businesses like your listeners and my own small business uh, generally don't lobby. We can't afford to lobby, but even if we could, we'd, we'd, there'd, there'd be no point in it. But uh, you can be sure that Boeing and Delta and uh, 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 Exxon Mobil um, and Chevron uh, are in there uh, at, at the federal trough all of the time. And bigness per se uh, means that lobbying is a natural part of, of how they do business. And that is a major part of the reason why uh, most of the money goes to the big boys who don't need it and don't deserve it. Uh, the state of Louisiana has given tax breaks to um, any company that will engage in fracking to uh, get uh, oil out of the ground in Louisiana. Well, I have no problem with getting oil out of the ground in Louisiana, but uh, there's no reason why uh, the state should be uh, introducing a 10-year moratorium on um, um, a property tax for every building that that oil companies put up in in that state. They ought to be paying property taxes the same as other businesses. Sure. So let's let's explore this. <clears throat> so why is this happening? What uh, what what is the root cause? Is it is it just because of lobbying? Um, and and what can we do about this? Well, lobbying certainly has uh, a lot to do with it. Um, it, it relatedly, it also has to do with connections uh, with people who know people who know their congressmen. Uh, small business people don't want to mess with the government. Frankly, we pay our taxes because we have to, um, uh, and we wish they'd just leave us alone. Sure. Most of the time, uh, we are uh, saddled with regulations and and difficulties that just make it harder to do business. Um, and there again, bigness helps because uh, if you have a lot of complicated OSHA regulations, for example, which I'm sure your listeners are familiar with, that say your the railing going into your warehouse has to be 14 inches high and not 13 inches high, uh, you got to spend a certain amount of time uh, dealing with that. Well, a big business can afford to hire uh, two or three people who do nothing but uh, operate to conform the uh, the company to, uh, to OSHA standards. A small business, the CEO and other executives, 
have to do that themselves simply because they don't have the staff or the uh, ability to hire the staff to, to get after such things. But to, to some extent, this is a built into the unfairness of life in general. Sure. And um, um, there's no question that it is that it is unfair, uh, but um, nothing that, that we're going to do uh, that I can think of anyway is, is going to change that general fact. Uh, but what we can change and should try to change as much as we can is, is silly, picky regulations, requirements, reports. Uh, we shouldn't be saddled with uh, a rule that says if an employee works more than 30 hours in any week, if you add up this week and that week, uh, they must be paid uh, full-time wages and uh, a health care benefit, which the government defines. I mean, by the time you've you conform to all that. Uh, the result, of course, in, in our company in North Carolina, Adam and Eve, um, we have a 30-hour uh, a week employees who want to work 40 hours a week, but we can't afford to put them all on full-time status. The result is we have to tell them once they've worked 30 hours, they can't work anymore, which annoys the hell out of them and us. Sure. That kind of thing, uh, a small business has a lot of trouble dealing with and spends a lot of money dealing with, whereas the, the larger uh, corporations um, um, can hire people to take care of it. Now, on the other side of that coin, I think it's a lot more fun to work in a small business, even if you have to cope with all this nonsense. Exactly, exactly. Uh, than it is to work in a in a bureaucratic organization with uh, with several thousand employees. So that uh, that is some compensation. There is, yes, exactly. So what is the what is in your book, uh, Welfare for the Rich? Uh, you you lay out a compelling case for why this is happening. But is there a prescription? Uh, is there something you know our listeners can do uh, other than write their congressman? Um, is there is there something they can do to level the playing field in their favor? Is there something that they can? Is there a call to action that you would uh, you would you would call out now to say, you know, in order to redress the balance and make sure that you're getting a fair shake as a small business person, do these three things. So um, could you give us a prescription like that? Well, not quite that neatly, certainly. But uh, one thing I think that any small business can do is to get involved in the community. If you're involved in the community where your employees work and live, uh, you have the beginnings of some political uh, leverage. Uh, every community has uh, churches and synagogues. Every community has uh, community activities of various kinds. And uh, if a small business is involved with those, and in many cases supports those, uh, you can have the beginnings of, well, let's call congressmen so-and-so now that there are eight or ten of us in the same boat. <laughs> or sign a letter to congressman so-and-so uh, 
about what Congress is doing uh, to screw the little guy and at the same time helping the, the big ones. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's that could a, help a good, a good beginning. Yeah. There are that also, is. Sorry. No, uh, I was just going to say that that is, that is a good beginning. Um, we have to take a quick break when we come back, we'll continue our conversation. Phil, please don't go away. Um, we'd love to continue this conversation in the last segment. Stick around. We'll be right back. Stay tuned for more of The Entrepreneur Effect when we return. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. You are experiencing the entrepreneur effect only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Dush Ramachandran. And welcome back. This is Dush Ramachandran with Entrepreneur Effect. My guest today is Phil Harvey, who is the author of the new book, Welfare for the Rich, which uh, drops August the 5th. And he's also the founder and principal of DKT Liberty Project. Uh, so, Phil, before the um, break, we were talking about what, you know, small business people can do to kind of advocate for themselves. And you made a really good point that if you're able to, you know, get into a community organization, a chamber of commerce, a church, a synagogue, uh, or, or some group of, you know, people that are facing a similar problem, then together you can write uh your congressman or, or together you can, you know, form some sort of collective action group and, you know, petition those in charge. Any other, any other ideas? Uh, there are a number of organizations that work on these issues and we've listed uh, a dozen of them in the back of the book, uh, organizations that, uh, add greatly to the transparency. Some of them follow uh, farm payments that are particularly egregious. Others uh, follow uh, subsidies to energy companies. We subsidize coal for heaven's sakes, yeah. uh, in, in addition to solar and, and oil. I mean, we, we generously subsidize all of the uh, energy sources that are uh, adding the most carbon to the atmosphere which seems um, uh, particularly um, uh, inappropriate. Um, and there, there are organizations that at least track these, call attention to them. Um, uh, one, of the, one of them is, is called POGO, which is 
project. I've forgotten what it stands for, but they, they're a watchdog organization that watches um, very closely what the government spends in big ways and whether they're being wasteful and, and unfair in the ways we've been describing here or not. So that is something else that any, anyone can do. Uh, those organizations uh, are happy to have supporters, participants, people who uh, can join in uh, soliciting <laughs> Congress either at the state level or at the federal level. Uh, and those things uh, are, are, I think, also very useful steps. Um, I would not suggest that a small business get into the lobbying business because it's a game you don't want to be in if you don't have to be. And uh, some of the big boys have to be. I mean, Microsoft is an interesting example. They didn't really want to be uh, fooling around with congr congressional lobbying back in the 80s or 90s, whenever it was. Then their competitors um, made a big squawk to the Congress that Microsoft was doing something unfair. The government got after them, and they were forced into the lobbying business just, just in order to defend themselves and continue to be in business. Now, of course, Microsoft has one of the biggest lobbying programs in D.C. Um, that... Fortunately, the whole lobbying game is confined to just a few hundred companies and the chamber. Sometimes, uh, I mean, the Chamber of Commerce is always in their lobbying, and that's a, another suggestion I should have made before. Uh, they can be influenced by uh, small business, uh, and they have a, quite a lot of clout uh, because they're they're very well connected and. Uh, are, are very active lobbyists. Um, so that's another another avenue small business people work on. But getting involved in lobbying directly is a, is a crazy game in my view because you end up uh, running your business uh, for rents, for getting favors from the government instead of providing services and products for, for customers and people, which is not only better for the economy, better for the world, but it's a lot more fun and a lot more satisfying. So, exactly. Um, um, there is, I think, really never going to be a clear-cut way of of leveling this this field. Bigness is always going to uh, result in a certain amount of of clout connection. Um, it's sad that uh, the lobbying effort is so focused on maintaining uh, um, favors from the government uh, rather than uh, reducing the number of regulations and the number of burdens and the number of rules that we all have to follow, which would be much more productive and much more fair because uh, companies of all sizes uh, benefit from a um, a relief from from regulations and, uh, and and red tape and requirements and so on. I mean, we've got regulations. Just some of them are just absurd. There's a regulation, federal regulation, of dictating the size of olives. Well, if you happen to be in the olive growing business, uh, that's a major problem. Um, 
dictating the size of uh, uh, what is a healthy portion of food. Well, we really don't need the feds to be telling us stuff like that. Sure. Uh, and um, uh, getting rid of some of those regs uh, yeah. would, would be a fair way of benefiting all companies and, and employers. Um, seems like a, a, a logical thing to work for. Absolutely. That sounds, that sounds really, really great. Uh, the book Welfare for the Rich drops August 5th. And Phil, I imagine it'll be available wherever books are sold. Is it available for pre-order right now? It's available for pre-order on Amazon and uh, will certainly be available there and, and BNN also. Um, and we'll see about what we get into those that are still remaining. Wonderful. Well, the book is Welfare for the Rich. The man is Phil Harvey, and he's also the founder and principal of DKT Liberty Project. Phil, thank you so much for sharing your, your wisdom with us. This has, been, this has been really illuminating, and I appreciate your, uh, your talking to us today. It's been my pleasure. I've, I've enjoyed uh, uh, having a chat with you. Wonderful. Thank you. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.